Joining me today on the podcast is Brandon Liebowitz. Brandon is the owner of SEO Optimizers, a digital marketing agency in Los Angeles, California. Brandon wants to help others learn how to market themselves online and grow their web presence. He knows how to rank websites on Google and other major search engines, and he wants to share his knowledge with other business owners looking to do the same for their company. Brandon, welcome to the Go for Launch podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on, Brandon. Glad to be here and glad to help share some knowledge about how to get more traffic using SEO so you can stop spending money on ads and get more of that free traffic from Google. Hey, that's what we all want, free traffic. So we're going to talk a lot about that on the show today, but let me just ask, are you in LA today or where are you? Yeah, no, I'm in Los Angeles right now enjoying the nice warm weather out here and yeah, how's everything where you're at? Well, I'm on the opposite side of the country on the East Coast near Charlotte, North Carolina, and it is cold here. So yeah, the uh, Upper East Coast is getting pounded by snow today as we're recording in mid-December, so um, right before the holidays, but that's a, so we'll be doing East Coast, West Coast thing today. But, so we're going to be talking about an important topic today, which is search engine optimization, also known as SEO now, Brandon, for anyone listening who's maybe new to the concept, can you explain in layman's terms exactly what SEO is? Yeah, so SEO is search engine optimization, which means optimizing your website for the search engines to help you get more visibility and more traffic from the different search engines. So when you search on Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo, whatever search engine you use, usually there's going to be ads at the very top. Those are paid ads. That's called Google Ads or PPC, pay-per-click. There's a lot of different acronyms for that, but below those ads, that's the organic results. And that's what SEO is, is getting your website listed in the search engines for those organic results where you don't have to spend money and they list you there for free instead of paying every time someone clicks, you optimize your website and Google's gonna rank you in the search results and get you that organic, that free traffic. Outstanding. So good, good explanation there for anybody who wasn't exactly sure what that is. One of the things I want to start with is sort of SEO being all the rage back in the early 2000s, you know, well before social media was available and you had a cheap advertising options on Facebook and elsewhere and even on Google, right? Um, and also before Google started to really crack down and make some sweeping changes on how they rank websites and also how they penalize people for doing things incorrectly. So, you know, there was a time I think that SEO sort of dropped off or faded away a little bit in popularity, but how would you say we are today, Brandon, as to where SEO stands? Yep. So, I mean, I've always kind of been hearing from when I first started doing SEO back in 2007, that SEO is fading away. SEO is going to disappear. And kind of second guessed my career point or career choice at that point wondering should I stick it out with this SEO thing and realize that SEO is not dying out or change. it's just changing and you just have to adapt to Google's algorithm and how it changes pretty much changes daily but every few months they'll make big updates and you just have to adjust strategy and see what's working or what's not working and as long as there's search engines there will be SEO for the most part because someone doesn't want to go on a website like they don't want to go on a search engine and just have it full of ads. They're going to be like, all right, I don't really trust this. This is just people paying to show up. So the search engines, Google specifically knows they have to have that balance of SEO and paid ads. If it was just all ads, people are just going to go on to another search engine. And so they have to have that balance and have to have SEO. As long as there's search engines, there should be SEO. But really, who knows the future? 
everything with digital marketing is so dynamic and changes so quick, but as long as there's search engines, there will be SEO. That's good to hear. And I also corroborated that just by looking at Google trends before we jumped on the call today. And I did notice that, you know, while it did flatline for a little bit years ago, it has started to go steadily up and to the right on the chart. So people are still looking for SEO and search engine optimization. So you're absolutely right, Brandon. Hasn't gone anywhere, still very important, but it's changing. And I know you're going to talk more about that as we go through the conversation, especially with regard to mobile. But let me ask you to talk about some high level steps that somebody might need to consider if they want to optimize their website for Google, especially like, let's say you just started a brand new website. What are some things you mm -hmm. need to think about? Oh, well, there's a lot of different variables that go into Google's algorithm, but I try to think of it like a puzzle. There's some pieces that are a lot bigger than others. And if you're just starting out and want to get the maximum return the quickest, you want to focus on what Google has the biggest emphasis in terms of rankings, which is content is always going to be the number one that have good original content on your website, but more specifically on any page that you want to rank in Google, not just the home page, but any page that you want to rank in Google is going to need some content on it. That's really how Google is able to understand what your page is about. So good original content on any page that you want to rank. And then from there, you need to build backlinks. So Google doesn't really trust the content or the keywords that you put on your website, too many people have spammed and abused Google over the years where Google looks at the keywords that you're putting on there and just kind of second guesses saying, all right, we see that you put all these keywords, but how do we actually know you are who you say you are? Because there's a lot of people that try to trick us and say they're one company. And then once we rank them, they switch to a whole nother company and we don't want that to happen. So you need to have, it's called backlinks, which means other websites talking about you. You want to somehow get other websites to mention your company name or your website URL, but it has to be a clickable link. If it just mentions your company name, that's okay, but you want it to be a clickable link where if they're reading an article on the latimes.com, they click on that link, it takes you from the LA Times onto your website.com, you're getting the backlink. And backlinks and content are two of the more higher level. There's a lot of other variables that go into it, but just really quick little tips is content, Good original content on any page that you want to rank and build good quality backlinks and really right. relevant yeah so let's break those apart content a lot of people they hear that and they're scared to go oh my gosh does that mean i would have to write 1500 word blog post three times a week or what are we talking about at this point in time brandon that's effective you know without just killing you in terms of having to create a bunch of content Mm -hmm. Yeah, so content, I always say just focus on like the more important, the higher level pages. Like if you're an e-commerce website, and you have 5,000 products. We're not going to write 5,000 product descriptions that are 400 or 800 words or whatever you're trying to go after. We're just going to go after the more important pages. Like let's focus on the homepage, any of the category pages, subcategories, or if you're a service-based business, any services that you offer, making sure that you have good original content on all those pages. And then in terms of blogging, Blogging on your own website is beneficial, but it only goes so far. I mean, blogging helps out. Google wants to see that you're blogging because that's a way to update your website and add more content because more content just means that Google's happier. The more content your website has, the more they're going to be able to read and understand what your website's about and, and better rank you. But blogging on your own website only goes so far. Usually not many people are going to read your blog posts. Some people might. Usually when I look at analytics, blogs only bring about maybe like 10% of your traffic to your website. So it still brings a decent amount, but 
it's not the most important place to be focusing on content. It's a lot better to take those blog posts that you would normally post on your own website and use them to build backlinks, which we'll talk about later how to build backlinks and things like that. But in terms of content, I would say just write a blog post once a month on your website, keep it informational, just focus on the reader, what they're looking to get out of it, what benefits that you're offering with your product or service, and just try to step back and put yourself in the user's point of view when you write this content on not just the blog, but just in general for your website is focus on the values that you're gonna to give to people because there's a lot of people offering services and products nowadays and there's a lot of websites, so you gotta stand out and differentiate yourself. And people wanna know what they're gonna get out of it, kind of like a value proposition. Yeah, that's really useful information and thank you. And I think it's also a relief to a lot of people who hear that you don't, you just said, write a good substantive article once a month, but don't kill yourself to think that you have to write five blog posts a week you know, that was the advice years ago is crank out a lot of content frequently. And that was more of the 250 to 500 word articles, you know, just constantly. Whereas now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's much better, like you said, Brandon, to spend time writing one quality 1500 word, you know, very substantive piece once a month than it is writing four 500 word articles. Is that generally accurate? Yeah, yeah. Quality over quantity with the content, backlinks. I mean, everything nowadays is just better quality because if you're just throwing a 200, 300 word article up just to throw it up, it's not going to be the best user experience. If people search on Google and find your website and click on it and they read that blog post and it doesn't give them enough information or insight, or if it's poorly written, that's going to be a bad user experience. And it's also going to be a negative signal to Google that People are coming to your website, they're clicking onto Google, but they're also leaving. So that tells Google, maybe you aren't the most relevant. So just focus on the reader and got to have that balance. You want to optimize your content to have keywords in it and want to make sure it's optimized for Google, but you want to make sure that it's really for the readers nowadays. In the past, we would just optimize for Google and just try to make sure everything was optimized so we'd get those rankings. But now we have to have that balance. That way we can actually get that traffic to convert into phone calls, emails, sales, whatever your conversion goal is, because traffic is only half the battle. Once you get to your website, you got to keep them interested, keep them activated and get them to your conversion goal. Right. Now, the second big piece that you mentioned is backlinks. So let's talk about that a little bit more. You describe that as getting links from other websites that point back to your website. So they're the, typically the blue underlined link, either with your company name or a phrase that describes one of your products or services that your company offers. So Brandon, a lot of people probably think, well, I could just go on LinkedIn all day and pop stuff in my feed with links to my website or Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever. And that's certainly backlinks, but there's a, there's a quality score to that, right? So it, you, you had the example a minute ago of if I were to get in an article in the LA Times that mentioned my company, that would be a huge win because in Google's eyes, they would be perceived as much more quality than me putting on Facebook, for, right? So describe this process of people who aren't familiar with how to go out and get backlinks, because that could be very challenging. And that's why I'm sure that people hire folks like yourself all day long to do this for them. Yeah, there's a lot of different strategies to get backlinks. And like you're saying, some are better than others. The quality of every backlink is different. In the past, before 2011, Google had the algorithm update for the Penguin algorithm update where it was looking at the backlinks. Before that, it was just the number of backlinks. If I had 100 backlinks and you had 101 backlinks, you would rank higher than me. But now, Google looks at the quality of these backlinks, making sure that they're from relevant authoritative sites. Because if you're getting all these backlinks from sites that don't really align with your business, Google's going to look at that as just kind of like 
what's going on? Like for myself, mm-hmm. I'm an SEO company. I got a backlink from a doctor. That wouldn't really make sense. Why is a doctor linking out to this SEO company? Maybe I did SEO for them and they were happy and they linked out to me, which is okay to have a couple of them. But if the majority of my backlinks came from off topic sites, Google's going to look at that just kind of like, maybe he's not an SEO company. Maybe he's a doctor. What is going on? So mm-hmm. relevancy is really, really important for the, for the algorithm for, in terms of backlinks. And then authoritativeness too, like you're saying. If I gave you a backlink from my website, seooptimizers.com is good, but it's not the same quality as uh, Forbes or LA Times or New York Times. So the bigger the website, the more value that backlink passes on because Google trusts the New York Times a lot more than my website just because they're well-established or big corporate brand. So those backlinks pass on more value. And one thing about the social media, I mean, there is a a lot of people always come to me saying like, yeah, I'm just going to go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, throw my link there. But unfortunately with SEO or Google, put this tag out a few years ago, which is called the nofollow tag, which tells, which lets websites like Facebook, where too many people are just going to Facebook, throw their backlink on Facebook and they would get a backlink from Facebook. But then Facebook or Google said, hold on, you're getting way too much spam. More importantly, like Wikipedia, too many people are going to Wikipedia and making changes and edits in Wikipedia because you can make edits and then you can get a backlink to your website. Wikipedia is one of the most popular websites in the, on the internet. So getting a backlink from them was huge, but too much spam was coming through. Wikipedia's quality really went down because too many people were just abusing it for SEO. So they gave out this, or they created this no follow tag saying you can put this on your website and these backlinks don't count for SEO. So mm-hmm. social media doesn't really count for SEO. Anything where it's too easy to get a backlink where it just says add your backlink here or add your website URL more than likely that's not going to help out for SEO. The way I really go about building backlinks is the safest way is just building or blogging on other people's websites, finding other niche related sites or blogs and kind of saying, seeing how they write their content. And if it's relevant to my industry, maybe I could write it for them. So I could find other SEO related blogs or digital marketing blogs and tell them like, Hey, I saw your blog. I read it all the time. And I write articles about SEO and want to see if I can write an article for your audience and, and there will, or an author bio will be in there or somewhere in there will be mentioning my name and my website. And that's a safer way to go about the building these backlinks. It's all about quality, not quantity. So don't just go building 50 or hundred backlinks all at once. That's going to throw some red flags to Google just slowly over time. And that's what you want to do. It takes time. It's not immediate, but that's what Google's looking for nowadays. That's a great explanation of all the above. And in your case, in particular, like you said, you might reach out to somebody like me, which I get all, a lot of requests all day long saying, hey, I'm Brandon Leibowitz. I write about SEO. Would you be interested in me writing an article for your blog? And I might perk up if you told me that you were going to do an original piece. The problem is a lot of those requests are just generic. And they're just basically saying, hey, we saw that you wrote an article on the Go for Launch website about XYZ. And we'd love it for you to drop in a link on that page that goes back to our product or service. And most of the time I just delete those because honestly, there's nothing in it for me. Um, and unless I just get greedy and say, Hey, why don't you give me 50 bucks and I'll give you a link. Right. But that's actually against Google's terms of service. You can't pay for backlinks typically, although yeah. there is a lot of that going on. If you approach some of these big websites, big influencers, in some yeah. cases you're going to have to, possibly pay to get that link. Now, if they disclose it, it's another story, 
there are some rules as well around that. Are there not, Brandon, yeah. in terms of uh, disclosure, if you have an affiliate relationship or if you got paid to promote mm -hmm. something? Yeah, yeah, they give you that. Now there's another tag that Google created, it's called sponsor tag. So you can put the sponsor tag, letting them know that this is a sponsored post or a sponsored article or product placement. A lot of influencers do kind of like those things. So instead of giving a backlink from these influencers who probably have a lot of SEO value on their website, now those backlinks don't help out as much. But, but yeah, it's all about when you do the outreach, you gotta be careful. You don't wanna be paying for backlinks. That's against Google's terms of service. If you read Google Webmaster Guidelines, they'll kind of let you know what they're looking for. And they don't want you to buy backlinks because they don't want you to artificially manipulate and game the system. They want you to earn those backlinks. And the best way really is writing good original content on your website or writing blog posts that attracts backlinks. But like we were saying at the very beginning, only so many people read those blog posts. So it's kind of hard to get some traction. You have to do some push, some boost on it to gain some traction, maybe run some ads or reach out. Like you're saying, you get those outreach people where people reach out to you saying, Hey, I saw you wrote a blog post. I also wrote a blog post that's on a similar topic, but instead of just asking for a backlink, you maybe ask or tell them, I'll give you an article. I'll give you a video. I'll write a unique or I'll create an infographic for you or give them some piece of content because if you're just asking for a backlink, 99% of the time, they're going to not even get back to you. Or like you're saying, they're going to ask for compensation because they know that you're just doing it for SEO and they're not getting anything out of it. So if you offer them something in return, like original article, because remember content is so important. You're giving them a free piece of content. They're going to be happy about that. That's going to help them get more rankings and more traffic from Google. So an article or blog post, a video, something unique, that's really beneficial. Definitely. Well, let's move on and talk about some other more innovative stuff that Google has been doing the last couple of years. And one of those things for me is called featured snippets. This is when you type in a search query and at the top of the page it is a nice pretty box, right? It could be for a local business where, where there's a map and directions and stuff like that. Or it could be if you, if I ask a question, you know, like what, uh, which Beatles are still alive or whatever. And it might have a little box with, you know, Paul McCartney and whatever. So talk about those featured snippet possibilities or opportunities and how does somebody get that? And if I see a competitor's ranking, outranking me way up at the top of the page, is there any possibility for me to try to do something similar to get up in there as well? Yeah, so that featured snippet or position zero, everyone wants to go after and get it because it's always at the top. And unfortunately though, there's nothing you can really do to optimize for it other than if you see other people with a featured snippet for your keywords, look at what that snippet is, what that question or what that statement is, what the answer is below it, and incorporate that onto your own website. Because if you don't have that question or that answer on your website, Google's not going to show you for that featured snippet because you're not relevant for that answer. So make sure that you incorporate that. You can also look and search for your own keywords. And usually in, when you search for your keywords at Google, this thing people also ask appears. So if you take all those questions that appear and that people also ask, incorporate it into your own website, add those as like a FAQ on each page on your website, that could potentially get you picked up in there. Bullet points and numbered lists also kind of show up more frequently. Again, all this is just kind of random. Sometimes Google shows it, sometimes they don't. So there's no real best practice. You could mark up your website with schema. That really helps out too because schema.org is a programming language or another language that Google, Bing, Yahoo, all the search engines created five or 10 years ago, I forget when they created it, but 
It's another language where they say that we look at this as a way for you to mark up and tell us this is a really important piece on your website so you can mark up that those questions and answers and that tells Google with schema that this is really important, pull that data and they could potentially even show that in the search results where sometimes right now you'll see when you search in Google, there'll be a little, just a little drop down right below a website. So like my website might be listed up there and at the very bottom of my website, it has like three or four questions. These are all featured snippets, FAQ mm -hmm. style schema. If you can incorporate that onto your website and any way to enhance your listing and get more attraction, because if you have that, that's pushing your competitors down further and potentially off the first page or below the fold. And a lot of people don't scroll down on websites. So if you're able to push a competitor down where they're not on that screen and they're below and you have to scroll or swipe, you're potentially going to get more traffic to your website. Definitely. Uh, that's a super geeky trick that you just talked about or technique, I guess, to go to schema.org. Now, am I wrong that there are some plugins for things like WordPress that can help make that a little bit easier to incorporate into your website? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So WordPress has plugins. There's a ton of them out there, but it is best to just code it yourself. I've tried a lot of plugins and haven't seen that much success. Luckily, Shopify does some of the schema for you. So if you're e-commerce and you're paying that premium for Shopify, they'll do some schema for you. But fortunately, every platform is different. So like if you're on Wix or Shopify or Squarespace, you might have to go in and custom code it as well. But, right. but custom coding, it gives you more control because of plugins. There's only so much that they could do and there's some limitations and with them. Got it. Now let's say I'm a new business and I'm Googling and I'm seeing all these competitors, people have been around a while and I'm thinking, ugh, you know, I, I want to rank for some of these same words that these other people are coming up for. What types of tools do people need to think about or what do you use on a regular basis that's uh, useful in terms of being able to spy on your competitors and try to figure out where you need to go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just search on Google. Like you're saying search on Google for your keywords and see who shows up on that first page of Google and make note of them and keep searching and search for a bunch of different keywords and make note of who shows up consistently. And that's your competition. Even though they might not be your competitors offline, if they're on that first page of Google for your keywords, that is your competition. Even if right. they're doing something completely different, a lot of people tell me like, this is not my competition. Like I have a lot of clients that are just like, this is not my competitor, but we look and if they're ranking on Google for your keywords, this is your competition. So let's see what they've done and use different tools to check like their backlinks. There's a ton of different tools out there. I use Ahrefs, but kind of up to you. You could use Moz, you could use SEMrush, there's Majestic, there's a ton of different tools to check backlinks, but backlink checker is one of the more important ones where you wanna see what backlinks they have because you could find a competitor, see exactly their backlinks, look at all of them and try to acquire them on your own. And from there, I mean, there's other tools as well, but the backlink checker is so very important. Without that, it's a lot of work to do SEO. So backlink checker, H, whatever you utilize, just pick one. You don't have to buy all of them. Just pick one tool, use that one, and just stick with that, and that's going to help you a lot. That's great. You mentioned some of the biggest ones like Ahrefs, Moz, SEMrush, you know, all the above I've used, and I'm sure you've used them all and, and many more. And the thing about it is they're expensive typically, you know, around a hundred bucks a month for the decent, you know, versions and above that somebody like yourself or myself would want to use. So, and, and also they're kind of technically oriented. So if you spend the hundred bucks, you better be prepared to have a learning curve 
again, another good reason to go to an SEO company like yours, Brandon, where you know all this stuff, there is no learning curve. And so you can just jump right in and start doing the, the hard research for your client and make sure they're, they're working from day one and not spending weeks trying to figure out what is all this stuff, right? So that's great. Yeah. Um, well, let, let us uh, know where we can learn more about you and your business, SEO Optimizers. Yeah, well, you could go to my website, seooptimizers.com. And for everyone that's listening to this podcast, I made a special page. So if you go to my website, seooptimizers.com, seooptimizers.com forward slash gift. Giving out a little special gift for everyone just to show my appreciation for listening to this podcast. And if you want to check me out, you can also search my name, Brandon Leibowitz on YouTube. I put out more videos and content related to SEO strategies at work to help get you more traffic and kind of show you step-by-step how I do it for myself and my clients. So if you want to watch more videos, you could check that out as well. And yeah. Excellent. Well, just in time for the holidays, everybody. Brandon's Mm -hmm. giving us a free gift. So yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, listen, Brandon, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, this is round two for us because we tried a, 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 a first time and the audio was terrible. So we, uh, we redid this and it turned out just as good the second time around. So I learned even more this time. And uh, this has been a you know, plethora of knowledge. So thank you very much for being generous and sharing with the listeners today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and stay safe, everyone.